The only problem was it was uh, theft, and theft is ultimately is not a sustainable business model. If coyotes hear death noises, there uh, the males produce more sperm, the females produce more eggs and have larger litters. They have a built-in population control valve. Depopulation, deglobalization, deindustrialization, uh, and then decentralization, not the big cities, we're moving out, uh, and then uh, de-urbanization. All right, welcome to another episode of Capability Amplifier. This episode is super exciting. If you're familiar with Peter Diamandis's six Ds of exponential organizations, uh, Dan came up with six other Ds. So just a quick review. Uh, Peter's are digitized, deceptive, disruptive, demonetized, dematerialized, and democratized. So Dan, uh, first a little comment on the 60s, and then your, let's go through your 60s. Yeah, well, just a little backup here. Uh, you know, and I really have gotten great value out of Peter's 60s. Mm-hmm, and, me too. Uh, you know, I've had a, a coach as a company, and Peter, his company, we've had a uh, we've had a collaboration going back 10 years in the area of Peter's, um, you know, really mastery of things high tech. And he came up with a framework when we first did the Abundance 360, which is our collaboration. And he said, this is how the world's going to develop over, you know, the next 30 or 40 years. And it was a terrifically provocative. I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's, and he, you know, he daily makes his um, business to understand what the um the combination of the microchip and computers and mobile phones and the internet um are how they're reorganizing the world and he just said that uh you know first of all everything in the world will be digitized every activity and i i believe in that and that uh, the changes that that makes are deceptive for a long time they're sort of under the water and then at a certain point they come out in a big jump launch out of the water uh, and that becomes instantly disruptive to some existing non-digital digitalized industry and we've seen that over and over if you just look at the recording industry what's happened to music you know Mm -hmm. and steve jobs and others you know he wasn't the first but the mp3 players was a big thing then the internet and napster was the real launch here and they you could just pull down you know from the internet um, your song that you wanted to sing the only yeah. problem was it was uh, theft and theft is ultimately is not a sustainable business model and so steve jobs you know um they you know he took an mp3 made it beautiful as apple does and made it better you know and then he said you have the internet and uh and but he said the big thing is the problem with the music industry if you like a song you have to buy 11 others because the record stores whether you're buying a you know a lawn playing lp or you're you know you're buying a, a disc in the old day or you're buying you know now you're downloading they require that you buy all 12 songs 
and they don't give very much money to the artist. And mm -hmm. if you're an artist and you just have one song, you're out of luck. And he says, it's um, kind of an unfair world. And he put all of them together with the iPod, the new Apple, which ran off the, you know, the Apple platform for all their computers and uh, and uh, he the internet which was available and he says why don't we just put all songs on the internet and you buy them for 99 cents and instead of the artist getting 10 cents on the dollar we'll give them 60 cents and you know that I'll just immediately all the artists in the world went to iTunes and in two or three years Apple computer was the largest distributor of music. Now you have mm -hmm. other Spotify, you have Pandora and everything and that they're not number one anymore, but you know, it uh, certainly was disruptive and it demonetized, extraordinarily demonetized um, all the lawyers and accountants who were running the recording co companies immediately got demonetized and the record companies got demonetized and then there was the dematerialization. First of all, you had to have stuff in the old days. You mm -hmm. had to have a record, you had to have discs. Now it's just an electronic signal on your, now it's your iPhone. And, uh, and uh, it democratizes the whole world. You know, it, uh, the music world immediately got democratized. And anybody who's, you know, who's got some talent and who's got, you know, has got a decent studio can knock out a song and, you might get a million listeners if it if it goes, you know. So I, I totally believe in this. I mean, I totally believe this huh. is happening. But Peter's whole contention: the whole world will be included in this. And my uh, uh, my my study of it, and you know, I'm a sort of a historian, and I'm mm -hmm. very very interested in the history of technology, the history. Actually, my college, I never realized it, but I looked it up. So my college uh, majors, I have two majors in my uh, bachelor's degree, and one of them is um, uh, the history of the history of philosophy and the history of um, science. Mm -hmm. So I have the history of science, so I have two. So I have an, first of all, I just have a natural interest in this, and then I've done some academic work on it. And what's happened that is taking everybody by surprise is that the the you know the big worry about the planet there'll be too many people on the planet the big problem right now is that uh, populations are are dropping very very quickly and there's a guy uh, named peter zion and this is z-e-i-h-a-n and he's a he's a wonderful writer and he's a wonderful speaker and that's you know oftentimes don't really yes. see that and uh He's created four books over the last um, eight years that are just mind blower. And they get better and better because he predicts things and the th things that he predicted happened. So, for example, in 2014, he was talking about Russia and he says, I figure somewhere between around early 2022, this is in 2014, that Russia is going to invade Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I mean, you got to know something to feel good about making a prediction like that, you know, and he did it. So anyway, so what I've done is to, because I do a podcast with Peter Diabonis, and I'm saying I got six Ds to match your D. So this is, uh, this is my list. So I put the matrix, I love matrices. So you have 
the the 60s, Peter's technological digital ones down one side, and you have these other 60s across the top. And uh, so this is the first time. Okay. Mike, first time this is, um, you know, this is um, this is the first time I've ever run uh, run through this. Okay. That's, and, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited for it. For yeah, so I'm all. just going to name my sixties to go. Yeah, to, let's to, go through them and yeah, tear them yeah. apart. So the first one is depop de uh, population, uh, and this is pretty much worldwide. It's pretty much worldwide, yeah. with some exceptions, and we'll talk about the exceptions. The other one is deglobalization because population's going down. So your other countries are not going to have workers, and they're not going to have consumers. Okay, and uh, the, the all, all virtually all the countries in the world are aging very quickly, and they're not creating um, new um, humans. And what they're especially lacking is uh, people between ages twenty and fifty. And your economy mm -hmm. is really based on that thirty-year um, stretch of people from twenty years old to fifty years old. They're the they're the, you know, they're the producers, they're the workers, mm -hmm. they're also the buyers, they're big spending, big spending, you know, they're the big spenders. And uh, near the end, 40 to 50, they become really big investors. Yep. So if you're running out of those, two things are happening, you're not replacing them with, um, if you're depopulated, you're not replacing them. And the big problem about 20 year olds, 20 year olds, if you're lacking them, it takes 20 years to get new ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're expensive. I mean, they're those they're producing new 20 year olds. You know, I grew up on a farm, you grew up in farm country, very, very cheap in the old days. You know, children could actually be an asset in the old days. You remember being an asset? Uh, yeah. Mike? Well, yeah. I that's exactly how people exactly. live in apartments and condos and cities and children. Mm -hmm. First, you don't have children, and the other ones, they're just nothing but expense. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, there's some startling figures on the depopulation, but then you deglobalize. So, you don't have the kind of uh, trade. Uh, and uh, the U.S. has basically created security for all global trade since 1945, since the end of yep. the. Second World War, and there's um, now um, you're going to have to rent a carrier group. Uh, I mean, if you want a carrier group, a U.S. carrier group, to patrol your waters and prevent private pri uh, piracy and break out of, you know, warfare and everything else, uh, the U.S. saying, nah, I don't know, that doesn't look like our unique ability. I don't think mm -hmm. we really want to do that. Well, we'll. We'll, we'll pay you half our GDP to do it. Okay, we'll try it out for three months. But I don't think we're going to like this. And the other thing is deindustrialization. If there isn't global trade, uh, then you're not going to be creating things in most countries that other people, if, if you can't, you don't have the people to produce them and you don't have uh, guaranteed free, free trade of the oceans, uh, you're not going to want them. And that means that you're going to have a decentralization. People aren't going to pack in the big cities, especially big port cities. Um, you know, they, they're not going to pack into it and they're going to go back to the countryside. And you see that even in COVID, how many people who whose business is actually digital in the sense that you you and I, we can operate from everywhere because we mastered Zoom and 
the mm-hmm. things that we do actually, uh, you know, fit in nicely with virtual communication. So, I mean, you have a place in Mexico that you, you and you're developing it into a real neat compound. And there's going to be other people that you like who are living nearby and yep. everything else. Well, you and I could be doing, I mean, all you have to do is move the sign behind you to Mexico and nobody knows, you know, we're in yeah. Mexico. I, I can do it from my cottage. I can, you know, I could be in Arizona right now on free days and I could be doing uh, my work. I can do my workshops by Zoom. I can do everything else. But for for other people, uh, they're going to find out that cities just keep getting more expensive, first of all, because of the tax they're losing taxpayers, which means they're going to have higher taxes. And they they want to have children, so uh, they, they go 100 miles out. You can get 20 acres. You can have three cars. Um, the school systems are good. The local hospitals are good and everything else. So what you're going to see now is instead of moving to the country, at least they're going to move to the suburbs. They're not going to be, mm-hmm. not going to be downtown. They want... You know, uh, they want a place that, um, you know, uh, detached and they want, you know, half an acre of land and they want to be part of a community where they know the neighbors. The next one is uh, very interesting. It's uh, it's the de-urbanization. But the last one is decredentialization. Uh, and then what it has to do with, um, uh, especially as higher education. So right now in the United States and Canada, you're 18 years old. It doesn't matter whether you graduate from high school or not, but you take a six-week welding course. Mm-hmm. Yep. And within the first year after getting the certificate that you've passed the welding, uh, the welding course, you'll be making $60,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You go to a four-year college right now and, uh, and then put three years into the workplace, you might be making $60,000 after seven years. And for your entire life, the welder is going to make more than you do. Yes. Yeah. So that those are the six: depopulation, de- po- deglobalization, yeah. um, <clears throat> deindustrialization, decentralization, uh, deurbanization, and uh, decredentialism. So that's what I'm putting together, and I'm picking this up from. But Peter, uh, so I got two Peters here. I got Peter. Peter Diamandis and I got Peter Zion and I'm taking Peter's six and I'm taking Peter Zion's six and I'm putting them together in a matrix. Mm. The reason I'm doing that is there's nothing but great opportunity for entrepreneurs when you put these one sixty together with another 60. Well, this is, um, I can't wait to rip this apart with you. Uh, I took a bunch of notes while you were going through those. Um, I don't know if you and I have talked about a NYU professor. His name is Scott Galloway. Um, he's a guy I've followed for a long time. Do you know his name or mm. uh, and why? So he has a new book um, that's coming out. It'll be out by the time this uh, episode hits. It's called Adrift, America in 100 Charts. It just so happens I'm working with someone right now um, who has a business vision for bringing apprenticeships back to the United States, which happened to be very, very low compared to like Denmark. Denmark, it's, uh, I believe it was 48 out of a thousand jobs in the U S it's around three. 
um, or, or maybe it's between one and three. It's very, yeah. very, very low. And um, you and I have talked about this to some degree. I'm a huge fan of, you know, for some people who aren't cut out for college, uh, present company included. Yeah, I well, better, uh, if yeah. I hadn't gone to the particular college I went to, I wouldn't have a college degree. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm into ideas and I went to a college that just uh, does the great books of the Western world. And, yep. uh, you know, I want uh, I like to know where ideas come from. And this is the this is a great college for doing that. But if I hadn't had that college, if it was a textbook college, I would I would never have gotten a college degree. Yep. Yes. And and I think the biggest thing about Scott, the reason I wanted to bring him up is even though he's worked for NYU, he just said what uh, America's colleges are doing is inhumane and immoral uh, between their prices and um, uh, they've got huge, huge, uh, you know, Harvard, for example, is billions of dollars. And and he says, it is, what are uh, it is over 50 billion. It is yeah. over 50 billion. Their uh, their endowment is over 50, 50 billion. Yeah. And he's like, you know, they've turned into gigantic country club babysitting. Uh, yeah, daycare center. They're daycare centers for 18 to 30 year olds, you know, because yeah. some people, you know, don't leave school. <laughs> yeah. And a, and a huge percentage are burdened with debt when they leave. They can never pay it back. And a lot of this is for um, blah, blah, blah. We've heard the the political discourse as well. And half the debt is actually for graduate school. It's not for undergrad. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy. So uh, I bring that up because uh, one of the things that Scott did is he's created his, his own alternative school. Google has one. Amazon has one. And their promise is, look, and six to 18 months, we're going to teach you stuff that will get you a very high paying job, give you the equivalent of our degree, except you're going to be a specialist um, and be able to take advantage of our platform. And they're giving this education away. Yeah. Um, and and so. Um, Which I think I, is wrong. So people should pay something for it. I, I'm totally yeah. against free education. Yeah, I, I happen to agree. You know, Joe likes to say, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. And I think all parties must have skin in the game um, to value the relationship and all the people. Um, so anyway, Scott's one of these guys who is a very clear thinker and um, sees the future, I believe, um, very clearly. And and one of, uh, one of his other books uh, was... Um, called the four, and he did the he the hidden DNA of Apple or Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google, and then he also uh, did a really good job with something he calls the algebra of happiness. After just studying lots of people enter into the market, and you know, you guys think similarly. He's he's I really enjoy his podcasts and content. But well, uh, that, it's a great discovery for me. I'll look him right yeah. up. Yeah, I'll get you something. Um, he does a really good job of creating short videos as well, communicating big ideas in one to three minutes. Yeah. But back to your list, the depopulation. Um, well, I'll give you an example. Yeah, uh, go for uh, it. I'll give you the big one because China, you know, people say China is just going to take over the world. The Chinese themselves, and this is Peter Zion uh, looking deep, the Chinese themselves, this is not estimates from the outside, this is the Chinese themselves believe that in 50 years, by 2070, um, they will ha have declined in population. Right now, it's about 1.3 million, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm always suspicious of figures coming out of China. 
But they themselves say that by 2070, they'll be down to 650 million. They will lose 650 million in population. Okay. And Peter, uh, Peter Zion believes that this will actually happen by 2050. Okay. And, uh, and the reason is, um, you know, they, uh, they had their one child uh, policy. And guess what? Um, if you can only have one child, uh, if it looks like it's going to be a girl, you abort the girl. Yep. Unfortunately, girls are necessary for procreation. I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but yeah, yeah. girls. And the other thing is that uh, uh, the girls that do exist in the 20 to 50, which mm-hmm. you know is, uh, is the productive age, aren't even in the same part of the country where most of the men are. The the women are the ones who are the tech workers. They are near the coast. You know, they're they're near the coast and, you know, and they're in the productive sector. And most of the men um, are, um, you know, out in the countryside. They're doing grunt work. They're doing dirt work, you know, and a lar- large number of them are unemployed. Yeah. And the other one is that if you're the only child in the family, you, you haven't really learned teamwork, you know, so they've got basically 40 years of people who aren't good at uh, don't play well with others and they feel very entitled and they're very expensive and they're very choosy about what kind of work they do if they're wealthy. I mean, Toronto, I mean, I live in the city of Toronto, it just grows and grows and grows. And the dirty little secret is enormous amount of it is Chinese kids being sent to Canada with tons of money come over here. They're trying to get their children and their, money out of the country as fast as they can, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, we have five Chinatowns, five, uh, any big city like New York's Chinatown is this big. Toronto has five of them and each are as big as New York's Chinatown or Los Angeles's Chinatown. I wasn't aware of that. And the, and the problem with, uh, giving kids free money is bad things ensue. What do they say? Uh, soft men create hard times yeah um, you <laughs> well, know this that is good, cycle this is a good this is a good example yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. And, and, and and hard men create good times <laughs> yeah yeah precisely so I, I i don't see um happy and good coming out of that plus um hey this is mike koenigs sorry to interrupt the podcast but if you're an action taker and ready to transform and reinvent yourself and your business go to Connect to Mike.com to learn more and book a conversation with me right now. All right, back to the episode. You know, there's something interesting. I'm going to just throw something by you that's kind of weird, but, uh, you know, I like throwing little weird ideas into the ethers, which is, have you ever heard before that um, when coyotes are being killed, um, they hear, if they if coyotes hear death noises, there, uh, the males produce more sperm, the females produce more eggs and have larger litters. They have a built in population control valve. Well, you know how culturally, uh, um, you know, men are have low testosterone suddenly. There's, um, let's just say this weird, um, Boy, I'm going to go on the on the on the. They're limb not. Here and they're say, not manly men. They're they're not. It's manly. not just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that and a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah, all weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the cultural acceptance. What if there's sort of like a cosmic radio beacon saying, "Hey, um, let's uh, let's let's just do the switcheroo here. Nature is sending out a, a signal 
that affects um, the human population. Um, you know, um, you know, maybe we've got little alien transmitters built into us. Well, I don't that, think it's uh, so much that, but uh, yeah. you know, we are connected to an unusual degree because of the internet and phones and yeah. you know the social social media and that. And uh, my feeling is, big messages that aren't obvious to anyone go out uh, during uh, through mm -hmm. the network. You know, it's death death signals are going out. Uh, yeah, you know, through the through the medium. So my feeling is that, uh, you know, we're kind of self-regulating in a way that uh, authorities don't even understand, you know, and, uh, you know, but the, the big thing is, uh, here's the, the skinny of it, uh, 10 years from now, 20, let's say 2032, there will be only five developed countries in the mm. world. Uh, developed, uh, you know, all the European countries are developed countries, uh, uh, several of the Southeast Asian countries are developed, uh, can't, can't, and Mexico would count as de a developed country. Okay, um, I mean, uh, you know, Mex Mexico is, you know, is um, very, uh, is a very productive, very, very prosperous country compared to the world standard to the world. Sub-Sahara uh, Sub Africa, not so much. Lots of South America, not so much. And mm -hmm. lots of uh, Southeast Asia, not so much, you know, the, mm -hmm. you know, and everything like that. But among the developed countries, so you, uh, you know, and I count the 50 American states as countries, you know, I mean, compared to other countries, uh, you know, California, I mean, Texas has an economy that's 50% bigger than Canada. You yes. know, I mean, uh, California's the equal of France, you know, and they also have armies, you know, they have national guards and everything. So uh, 50 states, but then you take, uh, you take anywhere in the world that would compare with an American, one of the American states, you count that as developed. And I would say there's probably another 50 mm -hmm. uh, that have come that direction. And uh, only five in the entire world will have not lost population in the world. So there's 200 countries in the UN, and only five of them, um, uh, 10 years from now, will have not lost population. That's the United States. And uh, the United States is really clever. We have a faucet, and it's called immigration. Anytime yep. we want more people, we, we just turn the faucet and we bring them in. Yep. And uh, so the U.S. by 2050 will probably be about 400 million. Okay, that'll be growth. France is another one. And the France saw this as a problem 40 years ago, and they just reward the hell out of uh, families that produce children. They, they, they've got a build-in reward. So Sweden does more or less the same thing. And then a uh, country hardly anybody thinks about, Argentina. And Argentina... Yep is just in a great spot in the world. Um, and the other one is New Zealand. New Zealand is the other one. Not Australia, but New Zealand. And mm -hmm. everybody else will have lost population. Okay, so we're at about eight, you know, as nearest figure. And everybody says, well, you know, in 50 years, we're going to be at 10, 11, and everything else. Uh, we won't be at eight 10 years from now. We'll be it'll start going. And when population declines, it does it really fast because old people uh you know yeah. first of all morale is low in a country that's losing population that's russia russia uh russia since the fall of the soviet union there were 31 years since the fall of the union 
out of every 10 pregnancies in Russia over the last 31 years, seven of them have been aborted. Wow. You know why? I'd say there's no hope. No um, future. No future. No future. Yeah. No uh -huh. future. No future. Yeah. Lack of a compelling future is what Tony Robbins says is the number one cause of uh, suicide, right? It's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and depression yeah. and anxiety. So that, that, that's, yeah. um, makes absolute total so you, sense. You, so the depopulation, deglobalization, deindustrialization, uh, and then decentralization, not the big cities, we're moving out, uh, and then uh, de-urbanization, urbanization, uh, you know, 50% of the world's population really lives in cities of one kind. Yep. I mean, Mexico City, uh, once they hit 30 million, nobody knows how many people they have, you know, 30, 30 million. Uh, well... You can't feed that city. You can't hire, you know, that many people. So they go back to the countryside. And then uh, uh, credentialization means, well, do you have a four-year university degree? Yeah. It's, not, it's not about that anymore. It's about can you do anything that we can hire? First of all, can you do something and fill a job? Because there's going to be more job openings than there are people to fill them. So, yeah. uh, and... Um, the world has a great preference for truck drivers and welders and electricians and uh, carpenters and, <laughs> you know, everything. So if you can do something and provide it uh, and a four-year degree and nothing useful is, is a very, very, is a very, very worthless, expensive acquisition. Yes. And yes. yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I really am looking forward to reading and watching and perhaps meeting Scott Galloway because I think yeah. I, I have a couple angles on how to get to him. And um, I took a Does couple of Does that include classes. Joe Polish? Because Joe Polish couldn't get to him in one day. Yeah, yeah, one or the other. I was, um, <laughs> I was interestingly at uh, Wizard Academy this past week with Roy H. Williams. Um, and there was uh one of the guys who was there has has done work uh with S scott's new school and so uh we we reconnected and then i had one other interesting uh thing to add another person to investigate who loves to go down the rabbit hole uh it's another podcaster he's a young guy who works for mit in the artificial intelligence lab his name is lex friedman f-r-i-d-m-a-n He's originally Russian. His family immigrated here to the U.S. And he interviewed Ray Kurzweil. Um, and they shared some great stats. But the conversation revolved around singularity, superintelligence, um, you know, what's how that's really going to affect us. And Lex likes to add ask all kinds of questions about um, anything from aliens to AI. What is God? What is the meaning of life in the mixture of all this? Because Ray comes from a fantastic point of view on many of these things. But what um, Ray had a really, really compelling bit of information. He said, do you know, uh, when you survey the general population, you ask them, is life, is the world better now or worse than it's ever been? And the overriding uh, response, 70% say, well, it's definitely worse. And Ray says, no, in fact, ev in every way, um, 
life is basically twice as good now as it was. I don't remember if it was 25 or 50 years ago. Um, and only 1% say that. So, you know, there's the difference between the narrative and the reality, statistically speaking. Uh, well, everyone... what I would say is yeah. Ray has a very convincing argument, but he doesn't have a compelling offer. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think he gets his, um, I say this often about it, anyone who's kind of ap- academic minded is they spend a lot of time staring at their belly button um and don't create great offers yeah um and and six six weeks of get becoming a welder sixty thousand at the end of the first year is not a convincing argument it's a compelling offer yes (laughs) and and he does talk specifically about that the acceleration but um i think the well it's a religion i mean singularity is a religion yeah that's interesting i mean you and i i mean if anything that our childhood uh equipped us to is to identify a religion when we come into yeah. contact with one and yeah. it's a religion and it's a religion for techies it's a you yeah. know techies for the most part don't have religion so mm-hmm. but there's a desire inside of human beings to have a transcendent purpose for things and yeah. their transcendent purpose is that technology is you know the super intelligence is like god you know it's the messiah you know mm-hmm. you know so what? I want to give you I want to give you one of the key points that was compelling though that he walked away with. He said in all of this the one thing that technology does is it always creates more jobs. The more technology you have the more jobs that are created versus taken away. And um and he didn't cite the uh source of that data, but he just gave a lot of oh, examples. Yeah. Well, I've got the source. It's um uh, Julian uh, is a man named, a statistician actually, is okay. by the name of Julian Simon in the 1960s and 70s. And he says two things happen with greater population. He said, first of all, the quality of life always goes up. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is you got more human beings who can specialize and there's jobs for their specialization. Yep. Lower population does just the opposite. That makes total sense. That is quality uh, of life goes convincing down, and, and be, uh, there there isn't the money and the time for people to specialize. They got to worry about food. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're focused on the on your Maslow's hierarchy, things degrade. I think that's yeah. Uh, yeah. you're coming down from you know whatever you want to call the top one from self actualization or self. I call it self-transformation. You don't have time for self-transformation. Mm-hmm. You don't even have time for achievement. You know, you just want to belong, hopefully, to a group that's got food and energy. Yes. <laughs> so here's here's a question that I I ponder frequently, though. When I look at all six of these, this would be our last question for this episode. Yeah. But, um, my observation right now is the effect of inflation um which on one hand the good thing about inflation is it uh decreases the value of money and um increases prices and it keeps an economy moving in other words you gotta you gotta do something with it or it devalues but ultimately it's theft and stealing um by the government um and uh when i look at Population, globalization, industrializations, uh, decentralization, urbanization, decred- decredentialization, 
It's everything like, gets far... more, everything gets more expensive. And and that hurts uh the less educated, those who don't move faster. Um and uh and I don't know if this is true for sure or not, but if you look at um uh you know it encourages automation but things like factory farming which if not done properly is damaging yeah. um to the quality of food to the the earth they're doing this on i mean the the use of chemicals etc cetera, etc cetera. and um you know there's pretty compelling arguments about all small smaller farms that are integrated and rotate and, and aren't dependent on all these um new meth- methods produce better quality of food and don't damage the soil, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess what's your... Well, can I say something? All that yeah. is happening in one place in the world, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not happening elsewhere in the world because there isn't the um, there isn't the time and the money for people to actually bring those technologies in. You know? Okay. The United States, I, I agree. I mean, everything that Ray Kurzweil says is true, but it's only true for the United States. And it's true for Canada and Mexico because they're part of the same economy. I mean, it's an integrated economy. The three countries are totally integrated. And uh, people who are allied very closely with the United States will get part of that, but not to the full degree that the U.S. The biggest problem is U.S. is gonna go into warp speed, okay? Mm -hmm. Because Americans can shift really quickly Yes. I mean, you could have half the universities and colleges in the United States go broke over the next five years and just disappear. Here's a statistic. Last year, 2021, September, a um, certain number of millions of students. This year, one year later, four million fewer college students started in September. And people say, oh, you know, it's it's the money. It's not the money. It's the purpose. There's no purpose for them to go to university. They know there's no purpose. They they know that truck drivers saved their bacon. Then um, mm-hmm. you know they they know that people deliver things to their homes save their save their bacon. It wasn't a PhD. Well, it might have been a PhD with yeah. a delivery job, but his PhD didn't make him a better driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I believe that everything on that on the Peter Sixty side is true, but it's only true for the United States and countries connected with the United States. So that's my thing. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It is going to happen, but it's not going to happen around the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That that does. Uh, that and that drives people sense. crazy. Yeah. There's half the American population that drives them crazy. Because their children's jobs are in that globalized world where everything is growing and everything else. All their children, all their degrees in that, it's the United Nations, it's the, you know, there's all these global movements and everything. None of them will exist. The environmental movement won't exist after three freezing European summers, three freezing with the next three winters for the European Union is going to be it's going to be freezing. They're not going to have enough energy, and all of a sudden, boy, we really like coal, we really like oil, we really like gas, and we can't wait that nuclear gets here as fast as it can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think the um, yeah. You know, so I mean, that's, up, uh, yeah, that's any, my, any I mean that right. my my take and. Um, a latte that's now a dollar more than it was six year uh, six uh, six months ago. Well, yeah, 
that's what it's worth right there. But I'm just putting a whole bunch of stuff together that I'm interested in in kind of a new way is that Peter's six D's are true for the United States and mm -hmm. countries kind of like the United States. And the six D's are for the rest of the world. The other six D's are for the rest of the world. Okay. I love the bridge. I think the thinking behind it is, uh, um, uh, I'll ask you, well, if it's okay, I'll ask you one last question, which is what made you see the relationship and connection? What was that aha moment? Well, um, first of all, you know, um, um, <clears throat> I've got, you know, I've got a, 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 a lifetime great interest in um, history and how history and in history, the one thing, nothing lasts forever, you know, mm -hmm. nothing lasts forever and something new is always starting, you know, so that that's just a, a theory. And a lot of people have a tendency that something's growing, they see it as straight line forever, you know, it's straight mm -hmm. line forever. And I said, no, there's nothing in history that supports um, something good, constantly growing forever, you know. Uh, and the other thing is that the most adaptable come out on top, you know, the most adaptable, and that's true in the animal kingdom, it's true in the, in, uh, you know, human, human societies. And I, I would say the, the other thing is that um, the people haven't understood that the world of the last 75 years, it was about 15, five generations of people, was solely because the United States decided to create a very secure global economy, um, basically to stop the Soviet Union, and then to... And the worst thing that ever happened to all these countries is that the Soviet Union collapsed. Because mm. that was the only reason why America would provide this worldwide protection and you could make anything. And that happened 31 years ago. And the U.S. started changing 31 years ago, but the rest of the world didn't. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so the U.S. is actually prepared for this. Not, not like there's a brain trust somewhere in the United States that knows it, but Americans... Americans are really a pretty, pretty adaptable people. You know, we're, we're pretty adaptable. You know, I mean, just look at our two histories and where we were headed in our childhood and where we've ended up. And, you know, we got here by being very, very adaptable to changing circumstances. Yes. That's true. And that's a, and that's a capability amplifier. And yes. And, and, uh, and to us as entrepreneurs, it's, we, when we see pain, we innovate, we create a solution that generates revenue and that uh, multiplies itself. So um, that's what's, you know, obviously, especially exciting to me. And I know I look at it, I'm like, you never met a problem I didn't like. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's uh, other people's bad news is your good news. It's true. It's true. Uh, capitalism at work. Um, so. Well, this has been a super, super interesting uh, episode, and I've got uh, it inspired me because I've got a uh, an idea for a subsequent one that's very, very connected to it, but it uh, stems from a totally different point of view. So um, why don't we wrap this one up and I'll see you in the next one, Dan. Thank you very much, Mike. All right. So for if you're uh, watching or listening, we always appreciate any shares you have. If you can think of someone who would enjoy this episode. Um, definitely share it. Also, uh, in the show notes will be a link to transcripts 
uh, links to books that we discussed and personalities as well and some other materials too. So with all that, leave a comment or like and subscribe and all that other stuff. But um, this is Capability Amplifier. I'm Mike Koenigs. I'm here with my good friend, Dan Sullivan. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Mike. You got it.